Good Thursday morning to each and every one. This is Pastor Chris. You're listening to another episode of Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. Today, we're talking about repairing fractured relationships. Then, they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations. And they will repair the ruined cities. The desolation of many generations. Historically, Isaiah 61 contains the prophecies that are attributed to the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah prophesied about the coming of Jesus Christ. And we look thematically at what the previous verses 1 through 3 represent. They're talking about what Jesus will do, the ministry of Jesus. And when we get to the verse 4, this represents the authority that we have been given by Jesus. As believers, people of faith in our everyday life, we are to use our skills, our heart, our abilities, and personal experiences, our gifts, and our talents to go into spaces and places to share with others who God is, the true nature of God. Yet oftentimes I think we experience pushback in in the messages or in the spaces that we're in when we're, we're sharing this information because people have fractured relationships with who God is, with uh, what God's nature really is like, the church, with others, as well as with themselves. And if you remember last week in our podcast, we talked about relationship and relationship is forever possible because of the sacrifice of Jesus. God takes care of the relationship. We take care of the fellowship. Abiding is the practice of staying in the fellowship. And fellowship, what that means is it's about developing with the help of the Holy Spirit, the present to the moment, abiding, staying where we have been placed. We don't lose our placement in the family because of any, you know, action or behavior. We always have it because of the relationship. So I believe that when we look at the meaning of the scripture for our present day life, we're talking about raising up and repairing what has been broken and caring for the generations. And if you ask me, well, hey, what's what's been broken? What needs repair? And I think it's our relationships, our relationships with who God is, what God's nature is really like, our relationships with church, our relationships with ourselves, our relationships with uh, others and how that has gotten fractured. Because we have people who can't even fathom the heart of the Father toward them, no matter who gives the message, no matter what the statement is, or they can't even fathom who God is because some people that they've heard, some messages that they've been heard, maybe it's the doctrine, I'm not sure, so many different factors that are involved, but some have made the error of making the idea about a relationship with the Father about the fact that the Father only loves me with a condition or only if I perform, only if I behave, or I must follow all these rules. And if and when I don't, my placement is gone or the relationship is strained. And that's not the way that it works. We have relationship. It is forever possible because of Jesus. And 
when people might hear this and they're still trying to figure out, well, how do we rebuild it or how do we repair it? Consider these steps and the librarian that I am has to let you know that these steps came from a devotional that was about stream familiar relationships, yet I think they're applicable in the body of Christ because I think if we're going to be real and have real conversations, we have to really own and acknowledge and be aware that there are many fractures in the relationship in the body of Christ fractures that we have with other members in the body of Christ, fractures with our mindset of who God is and who his nature is. And some of the steps, though I don't always have the how we do that, I think some things that we need to look at are, you know, in our interactions of people that we're meeting, we have to one, recognize the pattern. We meet people with scars and wounds that we didn't cause. Yet many of us know what brokenness looks like because we have experienced it in our own life, in our personal and our professional life or both. And we should be sharing these experiences. And one of the problems that I feel happens in Christianity or just in the experience of sharing, you know, the good news of Jesus is oftentimes we've not shared our experiences with others. Other people don't know. They have this idea that to love God, to serve God, to follow God, to whatever we're, we're subscribing to in, in that sense means that your life is absolutely perfect. It is always positive. There are no situations that happen that, you know, when I'm saying there are no situations that happen, people make it syrupy Jesus. It is always positive 365 days a year, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And if you're experiencing something that is traumatic, something that is awful, then that means, A, there is sin in your life that you are doing something wrong. And we know that's not true, but I think this happens. This, this happens. There are people that share these messages and you're like that's that's not really true so people are hesitant to hear the message because they'd be like oh they're just gonna tell me life is is a fairy tale it's always good I mean and that's not always the way that it happens you know and I think we have to address that and recognize you know these patterns recognize that our experiences there's nothing shameful about anything that we've experienced we should share that what has Jesus done for done in our life what is you know serving God meant for us the good Good stuff, the uncertain stuff, the stuff that may be characterized as bad, but whatever, still share it, you know. Two, taking responsibility. It means that we have to examine our own hearts because sometimes these stories will bring up or cause triggers, landmines for us and for the other people. Here's an example of that. Um, I'm going to age myself and tell you how old I am. I'm 41 years old. And I remember at age 24, I went out with, with a friend. And I remember being excited about going to lunch because I enjoy breaking bread with other people. It's my favorite thing to do to get to know people and just learn who you are and have fun. I love that. Um, but I remember saying grace over my food. Simple, blessing the food, you know. That was my routine. And, and many years later, it's still my routine. And I remember when I finished grace, and it really wasn't that long, I remember she was really, really upset. And I remember asking her, why was she upset? Why was she, you know, mad? What had happened? And she was asking me, why did I say grace? And I was like, I say grace to bless the food. I mean, I apologize for not including her. And she was like, no, that's not it. And I said, well, why are you so, you know, upset? And she proceeded to tell me about in her teenage years, 
she had a best friend that lived in the surrounding county. They would always hang out. She told his best friend that she thought that she might be attracted to girls or and was gay or lesbian. And, you know, her friend was like, that's cool, no problem. I love you, you're my friend. She was like, in her experience with her best friend, you know, they sometimes would go to church because her best friend's father was a pastor. That, you know, was completely normal. They did that all the time. So she was like, you know, sometime later, she remember hanging out on a weekend, and then all of a sudden in the Sunday church experience, you know, she was called up to church to the altar call, and the her best friend's father and other members proceeded to pray the gay away and holler and scream and tell her to just say thank you, Jesus. She talked about being really scared, really feeling violated, that, you know, her friend would tell other people that this experience was even happening to her. And crying not because she really believed that, you know, a prayer would, you know, make her not gay, but that they would even do this. And I don't know if she had shared, you know, later, you know, with her own parents had this happened. You know, we didn't get to that point. And I apologize if, you know, by sharing this experience, excuse me, I've triggered or caused any landmines for anyone. But my point in sharing the story when I'm talking about uh, taking responsibility is that we have to acknowledge that, you know, one, we have to be sensitive to other people's experiences. You know, while we might have had all these positive experiences, that might not be the case for other people. We have to own the places where we've messed up, where we've taught, we've followed, we've believed incorrect doctrine or let things go around us that you know, probably should not have happened. And that we also have to acknowledge that we might not have been at a place emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially, or whatever the case may be to make a different decision. Three, I think we have to establish boundaries. You know, the experiences that many of us all have had are all valid. We spend so much of our times pouring ourselves out, giving our all. And while it's true that we should continue doing that, at the same time, we have to understand where we are and what exactly it takes to be our best self and the need for our own space to grow. The importance of guarding our heart and extending boundaries to protect our own heart and our relationships. And just because you can do it all does not mean that we should be doing it all. We also should be we also should be dedicating communication to God. Taking time to spend with God is vital for our everyday life. And it doesn't matter if you're in ministry or not. Consecrating our own lips for God repairs for God's repairs and purposes in our everyday interaction. We should be asking him for the words that he wants us to hear, the words he wants us to say. And when we step out in faithfulness, we should do so in faithfulness rather than being stepping out in fear and trusting the fact that God will meet us there and show us how to move forward, move toward repair and redemption in relationships. Initiating healing. You know, it's important to note that we grow in relationship. We do not grow in isolation. And what I mean by that, I say that as a person 
transparency moment. I love isolation. I enjoy being by myself. It is exciting. I have Chris time all the time. Sometimes I'm doing absolutely nothing. Sometimes I'm doing events and, you know, going out and having a, a good time. True story, this past weekend, I took a whole Chris Care weekend in being in Chicago. It was the best. I encourage everybody, whether you're in ministry or not, take you some time, a moment, an hour, a day, and spend time with yourself. You know, it's really needed. And and I know in my own life, isolation has also been a place of safety that I stayed there rather than venturing out to get into relationships, to meet and interact with others, you know. And I think the problem with isolation is that you also wall yourself in. So that can create a problem. And so it's important to choose relationships, to focus on commonalities and sharing and desiring closeness. Those are all healthy things. And lastly, I think there are people, and definitely not lastly, but it's important to note that there are people who are desiring deeper relationships with God because he is wooing them and stirring them up in ways and spaces that we often don't think about. I was reading <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of weeks back about a local bar that was having uh open night for storytelling and anybody that wanted to could get up and tell stories and while that's cool i think that's great i was also thinking it would also be great if we used our gifts our talents our skills our hard ability and personal experiences and whatever platforms we have access to to create spaces where people could feel safe and supported to work on repairing these fractured relationships you know to equip and empower individuals because I really wholeheartedly feel that until we address the fractured and strained relationships, many will not be able to hear these messages of good news that we're sharing with other people. When we're telling people how good God is, when we're telling people who the nature, you know, of, of, of God is, the, his faithfulness, his kindness, his mercy that is new every morning, some of them won't hear us. I mean, think about it. In that story that I was just telling you about, you know, earlier about my friend and the experience about her own kind of of being mad that I was saying grace over my food. There was no way that she at that time would be able to hear a statement or a message that God only wants to love us because all she had experienced was pain, judgment, criticism, hurt, and had been walking around wounded. And I didn't cause that wound. Yet it was triggered in that experience and also considered the fact that at the time we were both 24 years old, that this experience she had happened as a teenager. So I'm assuming you're talking about somebody who was maybe 13, 14 years old and she'd been carrying that around for 10 years. Think about that. Just just take a moment. She's carrying around this and for 10 years. And how many other people that we may know or may not know that we're meeting and while the reasons and that their relationship with God and church and themselves and others might all be different. It is what we're facing in our interactions with people. You have that, too, when we're sharing the good news of who God is and his character. And I'm not at all trying to say that that sharing that is in just it is not. It is important. It is vital. Jesus has transformed my whole life. Yet I also think it's important to note that when we're sharing these experiences, you're talking to other people, other believers, other sheep who have been wounded and scarred 
in so many different ways and they've been carrying around these wounds and these scars and they show up in these spaces they show up in these churches they show up and how can we really you know do better how can we address these fractured relationships and here you know is my last point we can't muscle our way through any of these steps because we receive the ability to love outside of our own minds, not minds, but by our own means, by taking hold of what Jesus gives us. Jesus has given us the ability to deeply care for others because of how he loved us. He loved us first. He loved us first, even though some of us get up every morning, we don't say thank you for the ability to move and to breathe and to walk and to talk and to think. Sometimes we walk right past it, and I'm not trying to say that in jest. I'm not judging people or myself when I do it, but it's the truth. We, he creates beauty all around us, and sometimes we're so busy, we're so focused on something else that we don't take the time, we don't take the moment, we don't take the space to really think about the beauty that is around us. All we can see is our circumstance. We can't necessarily always remember the good that he's done, how he has made ways for us in the past. And just because this situation is different or it doesn't even matter if we caused it, he's the type of God that will still be there that'll still be present, that'll still be with us, that'll still provide the answer, that'll still provide the solution. He's that good, you know? And sometimes when we're thinking about these, you know, fractured relationships, we're not in a space, in a place, in our mindset, in our in our being to see that. And I think that's important that we have to address the fact that there are these fractured relationships that people have with God, that people have with themselves, that people have with others in their personal and professional relationships. And maybe we should be teaching that. We should include that in our Bible study. We should include that in everything that we're teaching, teaching people about relationships and how to have them teaching people about that let's let's really have real conversations and create spaces and platforms and use our gifts to encourage and equip and help people because if my brother or my sister is infirmed or down I'm down too if their relationship is strained in the body of Christ because that's what we that's who we are then I'm strained too and we can't just sit by and just say, okay, I'm going to pray for you, you know. God bless you. And walk away. We can't do that. That's not working. That's failing. You know, and forget the fact of how many people are coming, you know, to church every Sunday. That I think it's deeper than that. Because sometimes I sit in church and I wonder, you know, after the sermon is over, I'm like, did they get, one, did they get anything that will help them with their week? Or two, are there other issues that, that could be addressed that nobody said? Because they smiled and said, hey, I'm doing good. But when you look at their body language, it doesn't match. And I'm not calling them a lie. I'm just saying. And I'm not trying to be overly sensitive or overly, you know, trying to see something that isn't there. I just, I'm concerned about the body of Christ. I'm concerned about believers and about the fact that we have all of these people walking around us fractured with these relationships and who's going to talk to them who's going to care I do I care about them I, I care it's important to me I told you in the last podcast I can't remember if it was the last one or the last one before I'm at the point in my life I want to care about the things God cares about I want the things that are on his heart to be on mine that 
That's just where I'm at. And I'm trying to use these podcasts, the lesson for the day to talk about this is an issue. This is a concern we need to be talking about. So when we look at the scriptures, it says, then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. Then they will raise up former devastations. What are we talking about? We're talking about people's hearts. We're talking about people's lives. We're talking about people who can't see God for the goodness that he provides and is. When we're talking about repairing the ruined cities, the, devast- the desolation of many generations, it's happened generation after generation. When we look at people's families and, and things that have gone on, and some of this is related as it related you know, to God, and some of it is related to familiar relationships. And I'll be honest, I don't have the answers to that. Maybe we'll have to point to some resources, bring in some trained professionals to help, and go from there. But I'm open to doing it. I think we need to be creating a space. We need to be using our platforms to do that, to do the work of repairing fractured relationships because he has given us authority. And if we can't go out and address this, they won't hear the other part. They can't hear the other part unless we talk about these fractures, unless we get to the root of what's caused this and do it person to person, heart to heart. We build people. That's what we do. And it's also important to know that restoration will not come without choosing to lay down what did or didn't happen, how it was expressed to you and how it left you feeling. And by lay down, I don't mean you have to forget it. And and, and by forget, I mean you don't have to pretend it didn't happen. I think we need to talk about it. And and you might have to get to a space when you say everything that was said and the other person or or, or that whole situation is shown to you. You might have to you have to make a decision about moving forward because that to me is what restoration is about. It's also important to note that in the fullness of Christ, and it's so important that we have to understand that we can do the maximum amount of good in earth life here for us isn't about eventually becoming something like Jesus and then dying and going to heaven. Life is about us suddenly becoming like Jesus so that we can do the works of him. He said greater things than these shall you do. We need to be thinking about what the greater things are and engage in them. How can you improve your brother, your sister of other races, of other creeds, of other expressions, of other identities? How can you improve all of us in the family? We're all a part of the family. How do we improve life? How how do we do that? How do we address and repair the fractured relationships so they can use their skills and their heart and their abilities and their gifts and talents and purpose? personal experience to go get someone else because I think it's really about that we have to go get the people and we start by addressing these issues and that's all I have for today I hope I've given you a lot of things to think about Uh, let's close with a word of prayer Father God we thank you that we have been given the assignment of repairing the brokenness and fractured relationships We thank you that we don't have to do this work in our own strength because we can't. 
We go in the authority of Jesus. We go in the authority that you have given each and every one of us. You are the God who makes crooked paths straight. You are the God who sees. You are the God who is a restorer. You're the God who cares, who is always present, who is always there. Show us how to begin. Show us where we are to wait and to speak. Help us move forward in your power, in your grace, in your strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I thank you so much for taking time today to listen to this podcast. I hope that something was said that encouraged and uplifted your heart. You can always reach out to the ministry at through feedback and emailing us at encouragingyourspiritpodcast at gmail.com. Please also remember that every Wednesday at 7 a.m. you can go to Chris Wiley 34 Ignite Movement and you can see that we have a prayer call that meets every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Feel free to join us. You can also look uh, on Ignite Movement at the other ministries that we have that are doing things in your area whether you're online or you're in the midwest or you're in delaware or new jersey we have resources that are available for you and we'll be with you we'll pray with you we'll encourage you and uplift you to be everything that god calls you to be in your full authenticity of exactly who you are see y'all next time peace